Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Dr. Lon McDuffie, GP in Monaghan, joins us. And tell us, how difficult is it in your part of Ireland if you need a doctor, a GP, to get one? Well, unfortunately, Matt, like many other areas in the country at the moment, if you move to there and don't have a GP, I can tell you in the whole of County Monaghan, no GP practices are open to new patients. Now, we're particularly badly off in Monaghan and that we're only a little over half the rate of GPs as, as the averages of the country. So we're particularly short in them. But this is a problem nationally where people are reporting that they're moving. And we know that approximately 10% of the population have no GP now, so aren't registered with a GP at all. 10% of the population. So what happens to them if they need a doctor? Well, the reality is that um, many of them will perhaps try going to one of the out-of-hours services, but that's very difficult because the out-of-hours service is only a bridging service for a normal routine daytime service and you have to be registered with a GP to go to it. So the majority are actually going to A&E departments with their acute emergency problems, which, as you can imagine, is not ideal. Hospitals are already under pressure and even apart from that, um, it means that there's no continuity of care. And the other final thing is, I suppose there are difficulties. Yesterday I dealt with a call from someone who was trying to source a GP for a family who've moved to the area have a brand new baby who's due to start their baby vaccinations now at two months of age and they can't get registered with a GP anywhere. So it's impacting not only on acute medical problems but also on things like baby vaccines, on regular checkups, on follow-ups of chronic illnesses like simple things like your blood pressure who's going to check your blood pressure, check your bloods and make sure you're on the right dose of medication. So this really is a crisis but Matt, the awful thing about it is it is a crisis that we have warned about and talked about. Oh sure I know. I, I mean I've spoken spoken to you about this before, going back five, six years ago, particularly a lot of times before we actually hit the pandemic. But something else strikes me, even if you're on a list with a GP, can it be that instead of saying, I need to come and see the doctor later today or tomorrow, that you could be left a week or two, by which time, hopefully you might be better, but you might have gotten better without getting the medical treatment that you needed? I think we're not quite at that level yet, and that, but that is where it is across the water. That's where it is in, in England. That's the way it is in Northern Ireland. At the moment, I think if you want to be seen with an acute problem, you will generally be seen that day or the next day. So within a day or two, you will be seen with an acute problem. And any emergency problem, definitely most GPs will facilitate that. However, if you're looking for a general checkup, and you know, again, we're all about preventative care, then that's where the difficulty may arise. So you need to come in maybe for a review of HR you want to come in and have a general checkup because you're worried about your family history that's where you're going to face the wait but if things continue as they're going we are going to face the situation as it happens in the UK and in Northern Ireland or just across the border from us here in Monaghan where people can't get seen there are practices that are completely closed and that the best you can have is a telephone consultation or a video consultation so we're not at that level yet and that's why it's really important that we stop you know, stop things progressing and start doing more than we're doing to protect general practice. Okay, some listener comments. I've been living in Sligo Town for five years. I've applied to every doctor and they aren't taking on any other patients. If I need a doctor, I have to wait until Care Doc opens or I travel to North Inishone to see my own doctor, which is ridiculous. Um, there's lots of comments coming in from listeners. Uh, Pat Tobin, leader of uh, AN2, but also uh, TD for Mees West. Is this something that you're getting contacted about by your constituents? Yeah, this this is a slow motion car crash that's happening, uh, especially in rural Ireland at the moment. Uh, we have there's 4,300 general practitioners in the state currently, 
but we are 2,000 uh, GPs shy of what's deemed the safe amount currently. So I would have people contacting me regularly, trying to get onto doctors' lists. I had a, a, a pregnant woman uh, who I had to make representation to doctors in the locality to see could we get her onto a doctor's list. I find that what often happens is it's the new Irish that are living in the country who, who don't get onto the list. And many of those people end up going to A&E as a result on a regular basis. I spoke to a chap recently. He said he rang the doctor when he was sick. The doctor's uh, surgery said he would get a call back. He waited for a couple of hours. He then went to A&E. He waited there. He got seen. He got treated. He came home. He went to bed. And at 5 o'clock that evening, he got a phone call back from the doctor's surgery to tell him that they could give him an appointment in two weeks. Um, And I just think that that particular case is indicative currently of what's happening to a lot of people across the country. Uh, The GP service was one of the last few areas that were functional within the health service. And now because of the disastrous lack of supply of GPs into the system, it's become less functional. And And I do think it is having a material effect on people's health. Um, Ilona is right, most doctors' surgeries will give appointments for, you know, where there's a, an acute issue, an emergency issue. But I do think that's becoming part of people's understanding now that doctors' surgeries are full and it's hard to get to them. And I think people are starting to put off attending doctors' surgeries uh, as a result. And, and that's not good for the general health uh, of the population. Okay, I'll come back to you in a second, Patter. But Dr. Lona Duffy, there's a couple of interesting comments here. One says, there isn't a scarcity of GPs. The problem is the system is clogged up with people with medical cards and free GP care. Another one says, this is because of the free GP card for kids. Since they came in, my local GPs have gone from same day or next day appointments to next week appointments. The free card has ruined the go-to service here in Waterford, says Pat. What do you say to that, Alona? Well, look, at, I think, you know, the aspiration is that there'll never be a barrier to free health care for everybody and especially GP access. But and, and again, that's been the whole slauncher care process of bringing in more and more free medical cards and that people will have free GP access. But the problem is we're creating, moving, removing one barrier and creating another. I don't think we ever want to get to the stage where we're blaming patients, but we do know, obviously, if a service is free, we know that people will use it more. And that's that's understandable and that's natural. And that's just the way it is. There's no going back from that. But I don't want it to be seen that we're blaming, you know, a certain cohort of patients because they've got the medical card. I think what we've got to do is say, well, if we're bringing in services like this, medical cards or landing extra work into general practice, we can't do it until we have enough GPs in place. That's the reality of it. And unfortunately, what's happening is, despite all the talk and all the advice, they're continuing to announce more and more medical cards, give them out, knowing that there won't be the GPs available to provide the service that the patients expect and what you say to that, Pater Tobin, that we're having too many people, particularly children, who may be going to the GP because it's free, but who may not necessarily need to be there? Well, I think that's the, um, you know, when, when the, the minister announced uh, further cohorts of children gaining access uh, for free to doctors, you know, I was, you know, literally pulling whatever hair I've left in my head out because, you know, I know how busy doctors are and the idea that, 
uh, we're simply going to load the existing small cohort of doctors up with a larger uh, cohort of patients. It, it doesn't work mathematically. And it sounds great politically for a party to be able to say we've achieved free GP care for children under certain ages. But the reality behind that is, in actual fact, they have reduced access to many other people uh, to doctors uh, at the same time. Uh, you know, we, one of the big problems we have in this country is that we still have a large number of doctors who are leaving the country every year. 442 doctors got working visas for Australia in 2022, and that was out of a cohort of about 725 who graduated the previous year. And I do think we need to make um, we need to make the the role of a rural GP an attractive one for young Irish doctors. How? How? Because I've been talking to parents of young doctors about this, and last week only, who said that there's a lifestyle available, for example, in Australia with better pay and less working hours rather than coming back to be a GP in Ireland? Well, I think, first of all, terms, paying conditions are a, a crucial element of recruitment. So if you're, you know, if you're, you have a sweet shop in a small town in the country and you want to employ somebody, the first thing you need to do to make it competitive is to make sure you have the proper pay, terms and conditions. And if, if we are now operating in an international GP market, we need to be able to compete in terms of of uh, terms, paying conditions for those doctors. Uh, but we also need to, to realise that there are you know, significant pressures on doctors at the moment. There's burnout, and it's not just GPs we need. We need practice managers, practice nurses, uh, and the whole you know the whole team of staff that goes with a, a practice in a in a rural community. We also need to, to realise that. By pulling out our provincial towns in terms of A&Es and other hospital services, we've left those GP services more isolated and, you know, uh, less supported in their work uh, over the last number of years, which makes work harder for them uh, as well. So, and, and, you know, while the, the government has increased, thankfully, the number of GPs that are now been uh, going into training on an annual basis, it's still not near enough. Like, a quarter of all GPs are over the age of 60, that means in the next five years, we're going to see about 1,000 GPs retire. So, you know, unless the government significantly ramps up recruitment and training, we're not going to meet the demand within society. And, and as well, and I don't want to be a, a harbinger of doom here, the population is increasing and it's getting older. So the government really needs to get its workplace planning in order. Another listener says, I've messaged about this before. I've been on a waiting list for nine years. Can't get into a GP practice anywhere. It's really stressful, especially with a young family. I attempted to get an appointment for a mental health issue and was given an appointment two weeks after I made the call. Because he wasn't my actual GP, he gave me three minutes of his time and said he would forward my information to a mental health team. I never heard from them, unfortunately. Uh, here's another one uh, saying, my son was looking for an appointment for our GP, told they hadn't a slot for him for three weeks, had to go to an after hours clinic and got seen there immediately. Something wrong there. Surgeries won't operate after hours because administrative staff only went nine to five Monday to Friday. Staff in our after hours clinic are in our GP surgery during the day. Uh, another one says from Galway, Lorraine in Galway, my son suffers from tonsillitis. He had a flare up, throat all white, swollen red, sore, etc. Phone GP and was told his appointment would be in four days. Asked if I could just get a prescription for an antibiotic because it was normal for him, I was told no. Alona, 
What can be done? I sense people's frustration. I really do. But the reality of it is we have never worked harder. We've never worked longer hours. And GP surgeries are extending their hours. I know our staff are in here at eight in the morning. They're going home after six. And and look, we can't work any longer hours because we just don't have the staff. And also we have to remember the same GPs who are working the long days in their day surgeries are also expected to provide the out-of-hours services to work the weekends, to work the nights, the evening shifts the bank holidays, Christmas days and things like that. So, you know, we are here with a diminishing workforce who are working harder than ever. And we've got to remember, it is, it's not, it's not even about the money. You talked about it there, the terms and conditions. As a GP, you have no protection, no guarantees you can take sick leave, no guarantees you can take annual leave or maternity leave. And these are the big things that are going to be causative factors in people deciding not to choose general practice as a career. Okay, but can I also suggest, Lona Duffy, should there be even more my powers is the wrong word, but more authority given maybe to pharmacists to prescribe things like antibiotics for things like tonsillitis. Well, I know there's talk about a minor ailment scheme and and to be honest, it hasn't been shown to be as effective in the UK where it's already running as people kind of presumed because the relative days, I suppose, you know, often when you're coming in with one small thing, we're going to pick up on something else. So I'll, I'll give an example of a woman attending a pharmacy repeatedly for thrush and it turns out it's not thrush. She needs a swab, she needs somebody to talk to her about all the other issues and problems it could be. So we don't want to see our care fragmented. What we really want to do is have your GP that you can see about every problem who will then decide where best for you to go. Can you be managed by us, your GP or do you need to be referred on? Will we be able to have all the information and be able to add all the pieces of the jigsaw of your health together? And the only way we do that is by having more GPs. Dr. Alona Duffy and Pater Tobin of Aintooth, thank you both for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.